0: Welcome to the J.D. Power Travel Podcast. I'm Michael Taylor. I'm the Managing Director of Travel, Hospitality, and Retail at J.D. Power. And we have a special guest with us on this edition of the podcast. We've got Mario Rodriguez, who is the Executive Director of, Indian- of the Indianapolis uh, International Airport. And uh, I'm just very thrilled as a fellow Hoosier. Uh, Mario, I'm just glad to have you on the on the podcast this week.
1: I'm incredibly proud to be on the podcast and representing the authority on the podcast. We're incredibly excited that we received the J.D. Power Award. It's such an iconic award. You you don't know what it means to us. It means the world to us.
0: Well, I can I think I've said this on uh, other podcasts, but I'll just tell you that, you know, I it's part of my job to tell people that they won. Um, And uh, sometimes you get a blase reaction. Sometimes you get a really enthusiastic reaction. Your folks are very enthusiastic. Uh, but uh, I've had I've told one airline who had waited 15 or 16 years to win it, and they finally won it, and uh, they started crying, actually. Oh, my God. I, I, I know, I've never had that reaction, but I was thought they were upset, but no, they were just happy they had won it because they'd been working for it for so long. So, well, and in any event, uh, a full disclosure, I'm a fellow Hoosier. That was, I was born fantastic. In, yeah, I was born uh, in Indianapolis. I lived in Plainfield, which is straight west of you guys. Yeah, right up so, close to
1: us, very close
0: to us. Yeah, I, I, believe me, I could hear the airplanes even as a kid. So, and uh, But I wanted to start a little bit about, uh, you know, you're a relatively new building, and we're going to talk a little bit about the specifics, and you'll have to curb my enthusiasm because, as uh, Dan Sharp, our producer, knows, I can talk about this for probably about three hours. But you give us a little very brief history of the current airport and where it sits. Well, the
1: current airport sits about 20 minutes away from downtown Indianapolis it is uh real, the terminal is relatively brand new it's a decade old you know it, it it's amazing that a decade goes so quickly but it's a decade old um it's been maintained perfectly by our staff and it's configured it, it has a rather good configuration because it's a post 911 configuration so we got lucky that the terminal was designed after 9-11 and all those all those security
0: details were put into the terminal. Mm-hmm. I often mention that in the JD Power uh, data that we look at, so few airports have the ability to handle the equipment that TSA currently requires. And you're actually one of a handful that I actually know that has that space. You, uh, the new uh, MSY airport, which is New mm-hmm. Orleans, uh, and Midway is building that capacity right now. Oh, excellent but you're one of the very few. And it does make quite a bit of difference. Uh, As I've said on many occasions, that uh, airports were not designed for the TSA equipment they're currently using. They, you know, TSA was basically an afterthought in most terminal designs, especially anything that's older than 25 years old now. So it really does serve you guys very, very well.
1: Oh, it serves very well. And it helps our people operate properly because um, really the human capital is what's important here. Uh, buildings are incredibly important, but human capital is much, much more important. You know, and you understand this being a Hoosier. The old saying, Hoosier hospitality,
0: yep. holds true here at the terminal. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that as well. So, yeah, the just a little bit more about the design of the airport. Um, when I do talk to airports, and especially in this environment where we have in planning hundreds of billions of dollars, if not a trillion dollars, of airport improvements that are going to be happening in the next decade, in some cases the next two decades. Uh, I mean, Atlanta has got it out to twenty forty-two. Is their? Oh yeah. That's the yeah. That's the timeline for their improvement. So they'll be working on that airport for the next two decades. Um, but one of the things I I do talk about is the design of the airport. Um, one of the critical things we see in J.D. Power. The, the building itself and how you interact with the building is the most important part of satisfaction. Second most important part is actually getting to the airport. So if you could talk a little bit about when they moved that airport, what were some of the things that went into the idea of how the airport should be situated in relation to all the uh, highways? I believe Highway 70 and was it 470?
1: Oh, oh yeah. It's, it, it's connected directly to the highway. There's a direct connection to two major thoroughfares and it's positioned straight in the middle of the airfield between the parallel runways so it's a perfect positioning the parking garages are positioned perfectly you come into this wonderful entrance road it's wide it's expansive and realistically it's a great position geographically also for the airport because it's only 20 minutes away from the from downtown indianapolis Mm-hmm. So business people don't have to uh, stress about getting to their business arra or their business meeting. Mm-hmm. Once they land, when they pick up their bags, everything is very easy. They get in their rental car, which is just across from the terminal, in the parking garage on the first floor of the parking garage, and off they go. Or mm-hmm. they get in an Uber or Lyft or or taxi or other
0: mode of transportation. But it's only about twenty minutes to downtown, and that is really important I mean Las Vegas is probably a very similar situated airport oh absolutely
1: so. Las Vegas is incredibly convenient Indianapolis is incredibly convenient there are some airports that are incredibly inconvenient <laughs> and that adds that adds you know if you have to drive an hour or more from your airport to the central city that basically tells you the airport wasn't very well positioned. Right.
0: Well, you know, it's it's no surprise to anyone that uh, if you were going to look at where airports, some airports today are located, you would never put an airport there. Oh,
1: it absolutely not.
0: It doesn't make any sense. But, of course, when they picked that site, sometimes it was 100 years ago. I mean, LaGuardia was, you know, where it is because they used to fly float planes into it. And that was the original LaGuardia. They just had a big wharf um, that, you know, basically you walked out in the open Uh, And believe me, in January and February in New York, that's pretty chilly. And you'd walk into what really we would consider today to be kind of a uh, retro bus terminal. And that was the original LaGuardia. But you would never do that today.
1: Oh, yeah. If you had your, if you had your, your, you know, if you had a crystal ball, you would never do that. LaGuardia would not be where LaGuardia is. Uh, there are some airports that are positioned well, but they're way, way too far away from the city. There, There's ones that are way smack in the city. Miami International is one of them. You would never put Miami International where, where it is right now. But when it was built, it was way out in the swamplands. On the
0: sticks, yeah. Yeah, it was out in the sticks. So uh, one of the things we do talk about when we talk to our clients about the J.D. Power Data, and you're definitely one of them, is how does the building design serve the passenger priorities as you guys see them? If you could talk a little bit about how, and I've said this before, the building for Indianapolis is a big asset. It's probably the biggest asset you have, and not because it's a brand new building, but because how it helps you guys shape how the customer experience happens.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, it, 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 the building is the palette that our that our staff is using to deliver customer service. And it's an incredibly high level of customer service because the building allows us to deliver that high customer service. You know, everywhere from the parking garage, parking. Ins- hey, let, let, me, let me rewind the reel a little bit. Yeah. Every, everything from coming into the airport on the roadways, the airport was designed thoughtfully by very thoughtful Hoosiers to make sure that your experience is as high, as, as, as good as possible as you could possibly get. So the roadways are expansive. The parking garage, you've got plenty of parking. Mm-hmm. they are large parking spaces. The entrances are easy, they're well marked. You could walk across from the parking garage into the terminal. The terminal is well marked. You've got nice counters where you could interact with airline personnel. You even have outside baggage, drop-offs if you want an outside baggage drop-off once you come into the terminals there's a huge well-lit area with multiple restaurants around uh, a, a, a circular rotunda area with a huge skylight and then you go into right you go into a concourse or left you go into another concourse with checkpoints there and both of them are connected behind security, so you could use either one. And I would challenge you to find any time of the day that the checkpoint is running at more than 10 minutes. So in other Hmm. words, even without pre-check, you're kind of running it at about 10, 12 minutes. If that, and with pre-check,
0: you're running maybe five minutes. Now you had mentioned restaurants. Uh, Which is another critical component. Um, People who listen to this podcast and listen to our webinar have heard me say over and over again that when we look at the priorities, you know, the building being the biggest priority for satisfaction, accessing the airport number two, you get all the way down to the end, which is food, beverage, and retail, which is 10% of, drives 10% of satisfaction, which sounds like an extraordinarily small amount. But we see time and time again, and it's especially true with you guys. And Indianapolis is that that 10% of food, beverage, and retail is what makes a good air- airport into a great airport. And you guys have spent a lot of time and effort uh, optimizing your food, beverage, and retail services. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Oh, absolutely. We spent a ton of time doing it. As
1: a matter of fact, uh, pre-COVID, we started revamping all of them. Mm-hmm. And COVID caught us in the middle, but uh, we and and we're we're tying the themes closer mm-hmm. to Indianapolis. So we have great restaurants downtown that are being reflected right here in the terminal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The Pacers Club. We have Harry and Izzy's, and you know names like that that Hoosiers are used to seeing. So when they come here, they get the same level of service and the same level, the same quality of food, the high quality of food, and it really is. A great experience, you know, and we don't appreciate what we have very much, mm-hmm. but I've lived around the world and living here in Indianapolis. You it, you know, it, to put it simply, Indiana, Indiana had farm to table before farm to table was even a concept <laughs> or tool.
0: Yeah, the, the farm's not too far away from the table in Indiana. Exactly. Can, and and, and you get great
1: food, great chefs, uh, you know, and, and it really is. A very, very good experience. You know, we're in where some experiences at other restaurants, at other airports aren't that good because what they're trying to do is, you know, just give you something to eat so you can get on an airplane over here. Mm-hmm. The Hoosier hospitality really uh, shines. And mm-hmm. uh, we want to make sure the customers are well taken care of. A- actually, customers come
0: early uh, mm-hmm. to sit down and have a meal here. That's that's yeah. what, that's I hear that same comment from a lot of the high-performing airports in the J.D. Power study. So what are the current challenges you've got at the airport? I mean, uh, you know, when we look at the data, the, you know, the biggest driver of dissatisfaction, uh, which is a problem you want to have, which is too many passengers. We have this big influx of passengers, probably faster than people thought, but the problem comes in on the labor shortage side, keeping uh, facilities and um, and vendors open on the airport is in is indiana is indianapolis experiencing that same problem i I think the entire world is
1: experiencing that trouble i was looking at some statistics that for every unemployed person uh the ratio to jobs to unemployed persons is 0.53 in other words there's two jobs for every unemployed person in the united states so we're having that challenge but our challenge is a little bit less than most because our organization pays better, mm-hmm. the the um, we have a minimum salary set inside the organization at eighteen dollars an hour mm-hmm. with incredibly good benefits, and our concessionaires are stepping up to the challenge and they're coming up with different ideas. And obviously, the whole industry has to change. It's an evolutionary time because it, you're not you're not going to make employees where they don't exist. You just mm-hmm. cannot cannot do that. So, our our concessionaires are looking at a little bit more automation, mm-hmm. especially behind in the kitchen, mm-hmm.
0: and
1: a little bit more of an expedient way to deliver food and deliver the same high quality product. And they're doing rather well at it.
0: Right. So, what's the uh, what's the what's in the future for Indianapolis International Airport?
1: You know, I think we continue serving the. The customer at a very very high level at a at a world-class level we mm-hmm. continue to develop our routes we continue to make sure that our customers are incredibly well treated and we continue to develop our concessions um you know it it it's it really is interesting at the end of the day we're owned by everybody that lives in Indiana for lack yeah. of a better term Uh, So we're delivering to them as public value exactly what they expect. So, for example, it may seem like a small trivial thing, but we keep cost under control to the customer. So Mm -hmm. our parking rate is extremely low, comparatively speaking, and we keep it low for a very simple reason. We want our customer to feel like they they got value for their money. Um, Our customer service folks during times that there are uh, a rushes, like in Thanksgiving or Christmas or other times, they, they they get out there and they they hand out water bottles, they hand out snack bars, you know, anything the customer needs, they
0: get. All right. Well, thanks, Mario Rodriguez, um, Executive Director of the Annapolis-Indiana Anna Airport, a multiple J.D. Power Award winner, in its category, a fantastic airport, and really, uh, from one Hoosier to another, it's a real source of pride for the state. And um, you know, it, it, as your passengers have voted you number one repeatedly, you guys are doing a fantastic job out there. Well, thank you, Michael. It's been an honor to be on your podcast. You're you're quite welcome. Well, that's it for this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about JD Power, you can go to jdpower.com, navigate up to the business part of JD Power. And scroll down and you'll find travel and you can click on that and find the things that we're doing and some interesting tidbits and a copy of this podcast if you'd like to send that around. So thank you very much and we'll see you next time.